I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, I'm Alan Cumming and welcome to my shelves. My shelves are sort of a museum of my life. I like to keep things from my travels that are, to me anyway, the very essence of the experiences I've had. Sort of portals, if you will, to a specific time and place. And the inspiration for stories and memories and musings. Here's a picture of my school class, actually three classes. I think it was primary five, primary six, primary seven, from Maniki Primary School. And there's only 22 pupils in all those three classes. And I'm one of them, and our teacher, Mr. Topple, who used to pull you by the ear. Here is me on the cover as Nightcrawler of a Marvel comic. It's actually me, not a drawing. What an honour. And today I'm talking to my old friend, Christopher Brosius. Why is it making me sick and giving me a violent oh. headache? And in oh, some cases, literally causing me to puke. I'm like, that's not what perfume is supposed to be. Welcome, bienvenue, welcome. Christopher Brosius is a nose, a perfumier, but he is a perfumier with a difference. Um, for example, his company is called CB I Hate Perfume. And on his website, he makes it very clear how he feels about fragrance. Um, he says... I hate perfume. Perfume is too often an ethereal corset trapping everyone in the same inelegant shape, a lazy and inelegant concession to a fashionable ego. <laughs> but it ends with, I love perfume. I love being a perfumer or a perfumier. I guess I'm saying the French way. Anyway, um, Christopher and I go way back because he is actually the man behind my own signature fragrance, which came out in 2005. Uh, it was called Coming. Which leads me very nicely to the items from Alan Cummings' shelves that we're talking about today. So what I'm looking at, what I've taken down from the shelves are some postcards, some black and white postcards that were promotional postcards for coming the fragrance. And in each one, we um, sort of recreated iconic images uh, from fragrance ads of the past. So I'm looking at them all now. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight I would say one, two, three, four, five. In five of them, I'm practically fully naked. <laughs> yes, I was a towel on. And anyway, blah, blah, you know. It was the 2000s and I was... Anyway, the whole point of this is I was trying to sort of both parody uh, celebrity fragrance as well as actually doing it. Um, and I really liked my fragrance. It was great. And I love Christopher. And you'll, you'll love him too when you hear him. But these um, these postcards, I think, are almost the best bit of the whole thing because they were brilliantly photographed by Steve Vaccarello. And uh, I really, you'll hear more about them later, but I really, really like them. And I'm really proud of this whole sort of art project that we did together. We had the fragrance called Coming. 
Then the following year, we had some ancillary products. Uh, the body lotion, which was called Coming All Over. The body scrub, which was called Coming Off Buff. The body wash, which is called Coming Clean. And my particular favourite, uh, an item of which I have many in my basement. Whenever I have an opening night of a play, um, everybody gets one of these. Uh, <laughs> it was the soap. And the name of the soap is Coming in a Bar. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, and those of you who don't define us either, I'll be here all night. Christopher, I think I first met you when you had this shop on 2nd Avenue. Yes, Demeter, yes. Uh-huh. Named after the Greek god of... Um, Agriculture, technically, but if you really look uh, at what she was, it was really kind of like intentionally grown things. You know, she was really uh-huh. descended from like, you know, the really ancient, ancient earth mothers. And that's kind of who she was. Um, I always liked her because she was like a very kind lady who, unlike a lot of the other Greek gods, she wasn't like terribly vindictive or crazy or, you know, she, um, right. She just wanted to find her daughter and grow things. I think growing up in throw the country, thing. that's oh, something things. I could really relate to. <laughs> right. So you had your store there mm-hmm. and, um, and, and like the thing that still gets me about, I mean, I was just actually in in my bathroom mm-hmm. on the shelves there i've still got bottles from like must have be you know around about that time or certainly early 2000s mm-hmm. which are still as startling to me when you open uh-huh. them up. like my i think my all-time favorite of yours like i always say to people he's this genius who can make you remember a smell can give you something that is a smell that you recognize even though you don't think that the thing has a smell anyway mm-hmm. and my example is always brown paper like okay. i've got a little bottle of brown <laughs> of the brown paper stuff to it and it, it's you just think oh what are you talking about and you open it up and you think fuck me that smells of brown that paper. smells like brown paper yeah <laughs> it's just it's just incredible and i'm really curious Thank about you. why you went on the direction of doing that and being so sort of specific and for for people rather than completely into the blending things to make sort of just nice smells well you know it, it's funny um i think it, well frankly reading colette had a lot to do with that a lot of her writing is really about finding these like really oh. beautiful deeply comforting lovely details of life that you know they're so common and they're so often overlooked and yet when you really stop and reflect on your life and what it is it's like the things that really make it worthwhile are the little things. It's like those constant little pleasures that you get and when you go through the day. Um, you know, yes. like the smell of cutting herbs that you're going to put into a dish you're making for dinner. You know, the smell yes. of sharpening a pencil before you sit down to start drawing. You know, it, it's all of mm-hmm. these little things. Like, you know, people who love to garden, it's like, well, well what, what smell is like, so iconic there it's dirt it's the dirt that you're digging in that that grows the beautiful plants that you're you're nurturing um so that was considerably more interesting to me than the archetypal pretty smell you know it's like you know french perfume and believe me don't get me wrong i am all for it when it's done well it's a beautiful beautiful thing 
and it's a long and and very great tradition. But you know, thanks to well, let's call it corporate America and you know the industrial machine, it kind of got run through the ringer and right. turned into what frankly is is like in a lot of cases it's an offensive weapon it's like okay this is a perfume that you're putting <laughs> on yourself that's supposed to smell good why is it making me sick and giving me a violent oh. headache and in oh, some I cases know. literally oh, causing me to puke i'm like that's not what perfume <laughs> is supposed to be <laughs> and that thing of when you go into an elevator and it's just full of somebody else's smell oh my god the, yes the, Exactly. I hate that. The worst or being trapped on a subway car with like two or three people who are all wearing like competing axe body sprays and you really just wish you were dead. There's a, actually, maybe you'll be able to tell me what this ingredient is. I have some, it's like an allergic reaction. It it Mm. really catches in my throat and I, and it's in that thing, La Labo, that everybody's wearing. You know that you know that stuff. Well, you know what I have some to say, sort of. The, I'd have to ask which Lalabo. Oh, is there lots of them? I don't know. Yeah, there's a bunch. But there's of one. Them. There's one, and it's like it, there's some of my some people I know wear it, and and they're lovely people, uh-huh. and it's not it's not a a judgment on their mm-hmm. you know taste, and it's not at all because I they they love it, and it's I get it. It's a sort of a you know, a cool person's mm-hmm, sure. thing, go-to fragrance. Sure. But there's something in it that makes my, that catches my throat and I'm just, I just feel I'm about to have like a, an asthma attack. And I, I, I can, it's awful. I completely understand. I mean, that's why, you know, like my collection is currently called I Hate Perfume because I've had the opportunity, yes. you know, like having worked in <laughs> cosmetics for such a long time and being able to be familiar with the materials that, you know, we're working with here, I've been able to identify a lot of the ones that make me sick, you know, things like galaxolide, um, the hexanols, which are used to create grass scents very commonly, um, things oh. like cashmeran, um, all of the things that go into synthetic musk fragrances. It's like they, some of them make me violently nauseous some of them give me an acute migraine and some of them do what you just described to me they they cause my throat to close and my eyes water and i feel like i'm about to have a very severe asthma attack and i'm like you know what none of these things should ever be happening ever with an elegant beautiful luxury product no yeah can you imagine what would happen if like your Prada shoes or your Hermes suit actually like caused somebody else physical pain when you wore it (laughs) or even yourself, you know, like you put on this lovely, 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 you know, Dior home sweater and suddenly you break out in a violent rash. Now, is that the way luxury is supposed to work? That's not luxury. It doesn't doesn't scream luxury to me. No. Um, and uh, it, but it's funny. There was a, I remember there was a journalist that interviewed mm-hmm. me, and I just, I just didn't. You know, I, I there was that. It was like these waves of, you know, when people who wear too much fragrance and it mm-hmm. wafts after them in a room, and, and it was that <laughs> awful. Whatever this thing is that I just that really catches in my throat, mm-hmm. and it was I was just having to sit opposite this lady while she was asking me all these questions, and I just wanted to vomit. It was awful. That's horrible. Yeah.
did you always have a very sensitive nose and were interested in smells always? Or what? Well, you know, I always, you... I always had a very sensitive nose. But I have to say, I, I suppose it's like, you know, my proper central Pennsylvania Lutheran upbringing. I never had any interest in like actually trying to make smells, let alone, you know, perfume. It, it's, that's, that's just something that's completely off the Lutheran radar. I mean, if you're familiar <laughs> with Garrison Keillor's writing, it's like you might <laughs> sort of get the point there. Is he the but... man on, um, on, on NPR? Yes, exactly. He wrote like the whole Lake Wobegon thing. Right, yes. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't. It was really like an accident. It was, it was really when I was working at Keels in the East Village um, that uh-huh. I even began to play around with fragrances and began what, to understand. What was your job at Keels? Well, you know, I, it was one of those things where I wound up doing kind of everything. Uh, actually, remember Jason? Of course, yes. Yes. Um, one part of my job, like when I left, it kind of like split into two or three different jobs. And he kind of inherited, you know, like one of the things that I did there. One of the things that I did was like I dealt with all of the, we'll call them special clients. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> people Ooh. like you. What does that mean? Uh, <laughs> oh, I see. People like Cindy Lauper. <laughs> Um, I get it. Yeah. Special needs. Which was, <laughs> in some cases, yes. Um, but I did, I, I did pretty much like everything. I was um, heavily involved in managing the shop, in training the staff in the shop. I got to do a lot of work with the chemist and Jamie uh, in terms of like product development and, you know, like tweaking things until they were really perfect for the customers. Um, I got to work with a lot of the accounts and the press and the, you know, like I also swept the floor and polished bottles and made sure things were dusted. So it's, it's like literally anything right. that needed to be done that I could do, I did. Um, and it was right. it was a brilliant experience because I mean without it I would not be where I am now. Um, I mean, right, because I guess you know so much about so many different facets of exactly, the business. exactly. It was like it taught. I learned everything that I need to, to I need to really know there to you know to really be able to start something new and a little disruptive, and also to do it within the bounds of, you know, like to understand like all of the safety regulations that a perfumer really must understand. And what sort of things? uh, Well, um, perfume is really like the most chemical art you can imagine. Everything is dependent on chemicals. And Hmm. like any other group of chemicals, they have to be used appropriately in order for them to be safe for the people who are wearing them and also for the environment. Um, you know, not everything natural is good and not everything synthetic is bad. And because there are thousands and thousands and thousands of these chemicals, you really need to understand them and how they fit together before you can just slop pretty smells in a bottle and, and call it a day. Right. So I was lucky. I mean, I understand. 
you know, like I learned to be able to understand what like, you know, FDA regulation was really all about. And in time, it was like, well, how does FDA regulation differ from, you know, like the Japanese Ministry of Health? Why does the Japanese Ministry of Health not make any sense here? It's like, oh, well, because the Japanese Ministry of Health is concerned about chemicals in products that are washed down the drain into the sea around Japan, where they can be breathed in, as it were, by fish, which are then consumed by the Japanese people. I'm like, oh. Right, so you're going to get funny-smelling sushi. Exactly. And, you know, potentially bad-tasting and very somewhat toxic sushi. So I I really kind of understand to really approach it from a more holistic, okay, well, fragrance has to be not only not be offensive, and it must be like pleasant and happy and lovely and comforting, but it also has to be safe for the person who's wearing it and safe for the environment that it's going to be released in. Are you still in the same house that you were back in 2000? Four yes, the one that you came to. Yes, yes. Yeah, the one up, upstate in yes. the Catskills. Yes. It's funny because that we had a weekend up here, you and uh-huh. I, to kind of form the idea of what uh-huh. became coming the fragrance. Yep. And I remember what I was going to ask you in, 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 in relation to what you just said uh-huh. was I think you said to me at one, you told me at one point that the best or all or perhaps the best fragrances in the world have some have have sort of poop in them well actually you know it's funny you should say that um they uh, i don't know that it would go so far as to say poop but they definitely have like really what certainly americans would consider to be like very nasty dirty in the in the true english sense of that word um odors or like edges (laughs) And when you take a lot of like classic uh, perfume materials, like the animalic notes, like civet, musk, uh, castorium, uh, they're really, they smell disgusting. They're so nasty. But when you take them into tiny fractional quantities, all of a sudden they're this really like, ooh, that's kind of sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's something that I think like a clever perfumer needs to know how to operate. <laughs> yes. And it's funny, that's definitely one major, major, major element of that scent that we created. Because, I mean, like, it's got all these things in it, like, you know, sweaty locker room and um, like <laughs> rubber and like some mm-hmm. really like some of the tobacco scents that get like really, really, really dirty. Yeah. Um, no, it's a dirty, a dirty smelling fragrance. Hello, I'm Sam Walker. I've spent the last few months talking to this guy. I'm a hunter. It's what I do. He's called KC. Our rules of engagement are pretty simple. If we have to pull a trigger on one person, they're all going to go. He's an American vigilante. And there is one of the biggest men I've ever seen. And he's got a knife in his hand. 
He rescues kidnapped children. There's no feeling in the world like putting a child back in the arms of its parents. By any means necessary. Well, it's ugly. You want me to make sure I don't hurt anybody? He scares me. And he kind of looked at me, and I said, I swear to God, I said, if you do anything other than what I told you to do, I said, I'm going to kill you right here. And he might scare you. About got tears in your eyes right now just thinking about that, don't you? Download the podcast, American Vigilante. Download American Vigilante. Out now. Now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I remember when we started talking about uh, doing Coming the Fragrance and you um, sort of asked me what were my, you know, what were my favorite smells mm-hmm. And we had this, it was, it's actually really interesting because I had to start sort of thinking about what my favorite smells were and sort of defining them. And I really, I did really respond to those things like leather. I remember like one of your smells was called Riding Crop. I've got a bottle of it. Yes, yes, yes. I just love Uh that, that kind of leathery, Uh really intense, fresh leather, like just on a saddle Mm -hmm. or something. And and then also like I love the smell of dirt. I love the smell of soil. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like rubber. I liked kind of I like sort of I like the smell of a the sort of after smell of a cigar. I don't like a cigar right, at all, but yeah. I love that kind of you know. There's all these different, and then you put in some Scottish things like whiskey and peat, uh-huh. and and so it was really interesting to me that all these, and then the kind of sweet thing that I liked, I remember was um, bergamot. I yes. liked bergamot uh-huh. because that was. That was in some fragrances I enjoyed, like uh, Eau Sauvage and uh, one of the Dolce & Gabbana ones a mm-hmm. long, long time ago. Yeah. So um, it was really fascinating for me because I, I suddenly had to start um, thinking about what I liked about smell. And then you told me this really amazing thing, which has always stuck with me, is that you said there isn't really a language for smell. We mm-hmm. only we describe smell by, by using another smell. Exactly, and I think that's incredible. It, it that's another thing about the whole like art of perfume thing that's always and still fascinates me enormously. It's it's the power that scent has to communicate so incredibly directly and so specifically, and yet how it communicates to each individual is entirely different. You know the, that yeah. riding crop to you brings up all kinds of things in your head, I'm sure. And Mm -hmm. when I smell it, 
I have just as strong a reaction, but the things that go on in my head are entirely different. Mm -hmm. And yet it's, there's still something about that experience that's still shared. Um, yeah. Like dirt, you know, it's like every yeah. kid on the planet, you know, has played in the dirt at some point. And, you know, we yeah. all know what it smells like. Um, and yet it's like, Eight billion different experiences, and yet one. And I think that's oh. just really magical about perfume. Totally. Mm -hmm. Remember when we were? Uh, so we, you, you had me sort of like in, you know, delve into my uh, mind about what mm -hmm. my favorite smells were, and to try and think about what you know what I liked and, and everything, and both in smells that I knew and also more kind of individual smells mm -hmm. and then I remember we sat down I think in your studio and there was like a yeah. massive array of little bottles little <laughs> little mini little bottles in front of me between you and you were writing that I would smell something uh -huh. and you would you would write down what my reaction was and the first time I did it I unscrewed the bottle and sort of stuffed the bottle to my nose and shut my <laughs> other nostril down and sort of I remember, I, because I, it yeah you know why? I, I know was, exactly why. It was like why. the bottle you get poppers in. It looked like a poppers bottle. And I, I thought, and you went, and you went, Alan, Alan, you don't have to do that. It's not poppers. I remember that vividly. I was like, no, no, sweetie, sweetie. You, you, it, it's not poppers. You don't need to, no. Just gently. It's so, so crazy. And then the fun. other thing I remember is like when you, because, you know, we're doing lots and lots, you smell lots and lots of different things and your nose kind of gets a little overwhelmed mm -hmm. and it's sort of, I guess sort of numb, like your, mm -hmm. your 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 sort of ability to discern well, things. If memory serves, so there's like 140 things to, that we had to sort through and and kind of like wow. group and narrow down and get it down to the still quite large list that ultimately went into the scent itself. Yeah, but uh, yes. after a while, yeah. Your nose is going to get a little tired. Yeah, so but there was this thing of like coffee granules uh -huh. in a little jar, mm -hmm. and I remember you said, "Oh, you know, you, this is to clear your sort of nose palate," mm -hmm. and um, you were writing things down, and and I said, "So what?" Do you, I just sort of like uh, snorted, and you went, "Yeah, yeah." So I and uh, put it on your hand, and so, so you, I put some granules of coffee onto my hand, and what I again put my finger into my nose was about to snort it as I would have snorted, you know, right. some substance, uh -huh. and I, and again you looked up and were like, "No." It's like, you no, just have no, to sniff no, it. No. You don't actually snort up your nose. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I, I see the impulse there, but not that kind of snorting, darling. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I know. You did all that. Mm -hmm. You went away and you had all the things that I liked. And then you came back with this fragrance, which is just so delicious and sort of earthy. There's a little bit of sweetness in it, but it's also got leather and rubber, and and mm -hmm. it's it's very kind of of the of the soil and of the. It's very. I love the baseness of it. It's mm -hmm. just so great. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then, um, we did this uh, advertising campaign, and of course, this is sort of the taking us back to the thing on my mm -hmm. shelves that we're talking about mm -hmm. these 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 postcards, and we decided to do this thing where we would have me sort of reenact the images of iconic fragrance ads of the past. Mm -hmm. 
And some, and what was funny was that some of them I didn't even know because I was sort of such a sort of fragrance philistine. I was, you know, whipping my clothes off and lying in a certain position just because, <laughs> right. you, you know, you, you were telling me to. But um, so the, we, we did about, I think about six. So the one I'm looking at right now is me literally lying naked on my back. Uh, and it's the poison. That's the poison ad that was uh, Sophie yeah. Dahl uh-huh. was the model who originally did it. Mm-hmm. And then there was, uh, do you remember the others? There was the Eau Sauvage one, but I'm sort of got a towel on and a cigar. Yep. Uh-huh. Which was based on um, a grow uh, illustration for Christian Dior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then there was, oh no, it wasn't Christian. There was an Yves Saint Laurent one, yep. which was, uh, one I, his, I like, sat most that one actually was brilliant and i have to say the photographer who took that he was steve steve yes exactly he was a genius with the lighting because he got the lighting from the original photograph just absolutely perfect um so it it had it had yves saint laurent uh, mm -hmm. naked in this Mm -hmm. kind of sort of sitting with his leg crossed and um in this kind of pool of light and mm-hmm. and that was obviously to that was one of his do you know which fragrance it was of Yves Saint um i okay well that's interesting it was a Yves Saint, i want to say it was kuros it was when he first uh-huh. introduced kuros and the ad itself was hugely you know like provocative and like bordering on the scandalous of course and you know like i, I bet because i mean he's the Catholic League for Decency just like, you know, went into a species of snake dance when they saw it. Um, but it was really beautiful. And, <laughs> you know, Eve himself at the time was really still yeah. very beautiful. And um, it was it was like, oh, yeah, this is iconic. I think I think we'll be looking at this. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the only ones that we didn't do for, you know, and, and probably for lack of a swimming pool was um, the Chanel... Uh, share the fantasy ad that was done by Ridley Scott originally um, with like woman oh, lying really? back with sunglasses in front of this beautiful pool with uh, an airplane flying over. And that would Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that was Ridley Scott. That's so fascinating. Um, yeah, it was. It was um, one of the things that catapulted him to, you know, mega movie stardom yeah um because that, that was even before alien if memory serves wow i, I didn't yeah. realize that there's another one that's uh based on a calvin klein one which is me lying on my back and i've, yes. got, I've actually got honey my dog exactly. in the, the calvin klein ad, it's a man. yeah yes eternity uh-huh. it's in, in the calvin klein one eternity it's, it's actually a man with his baby uh-huh. so we just did it with me with uh with honey with your which baby. meant that honey yeah. was then Every, yeah, she was my baby, and of course, yet again, uh, immortalized mm-hmm. um, on a on a on a fragrance uh, box. Mm-hmm. But uh, I loved that one. I remember the the one in the black and white, or in the black suit with the black and white sort of background kind of thing. That was a jazz ad, which was also Saint Laurent. That's jazz. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. And, and then was... what was the one I was lying on a sofa with my shirt open? Uh, oh, um, was that... that was Rupert Everett's campaign. Or I think it was Dior. Uh, I think it was a uh, poison porome thing. I think. Ah, uh, bon. The whole thing about coming a fragrance, and we did that when we shot the commercial as well, and it's got mm-hmm. me sort of lolling around on a bed talking about what is sexy and everything. And what I really loved about the whole thing, and still love about it, 
was that it was sort of a parody of of the kind of of like sort of celebrity endorsements in that mm-hmm. sort of way and mm-hmm. that you know what i loved is that people kind of at times thought it was a joke but it and it, and it kind of was partly and mm-hmm. done in a jokey way mm-hmm. but actually it was real as well and that to mm-hmm. me is my favorite thing when something is kind of a homage and a parody at the same time and asking people to take part in something but at the mm-hmm. same time stand back from it and kind of uh, you know look at it a little ironically well exactly well you know and the funny thing is, it's like people have this idea that, you know, celebrity perfumes are, are just like, you know, they make billions and billions of dollars for all concerned. And the truth <laughs> is, they don't. Um, no. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, like, it, it's worse than, you know, like the Hollywood equation where, you know, like once upon a time they used to say like, oh, well, only, you know, four out of every five Hollywood films lose an enormous amount of money but the fifth one makes so much that it makes up for the other four and i'm like well maybe in in terms of celebrity fragrance maybe like one in 10 or 20 actually makes any money the rest lose a ton of money but the one that makes money tends to make a lot um and yet you know they keep cranking them out and i know Do you do still sort of, you know, I'm sure this is not the right word, but sort of individual sm- fragrances, like, you know, like the brown paper and those and, and tomato plants and grass. Do you still do those? Like, we, or do you more do blendy things according to what's, well, what actually, a, what the a customer ones wants? That are, the ones that are publicly released tend to be like more blendy things. You know, they uh, all, you know, like they have their their idea and, you know, the the story that they tell is, is sort of like, it, that's their thing. But in order to do those, I still have to do lots and lots of the little individual things. And, you know, lately, um, I really have gone back to, you know, like, to sort of like expanding the dirt collection and the collection of plants and refining like some of the water smells. Um, I've Mm. done like two different variations of snow in the past several years um uh it's funny you should mention the papers because that's another area that i've been really working on like you know like the cardboards and various kinds of papers um and certain art materials because i want to go back and do like more library smells um and you know working on things like that involve like different kinds of like ink and like typewriter ribbons and you know, stuff. Um, and, and do people um, wear those, or do they just? Like, no, they for do. My, like for, for they do because sure. I mean, I've, I've like I, I, I wear, I've worn a riding crop. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I do enjoy popping that on, but mm-hmm. like brown paper and some. Of, there's another one. It's a birthday cake. I've got uh-huh. birthday cake through there. I don't. I just like going and sniffing them. Sometimes it's just like Which a little is- thing. I'll see them and think. I'm going to have a sniff of you. Well, and and I think that's a nice thing to do. Absolutely. What's, what's wrong with that? I think that's, um, you know, I mean, I've always rec- uh, recognized that some people want to wear the smells that I do and other people just want to have them so that they can do exactly what you just described. They can smell them for themselves and it'll be just that little bit of happy in the middle of the day. And I'm like, yay, fine. Huh? Yeah. You know, cool with me. And, 
<laughs> you know, it's like I'll take it. Exactly. You know, I'm I'm really quite easy in that respect. It's like if you like it, great. <laughs> Use it however you want to, as long as you don't put it in your eye or drink it. You know, we're okay. Uh, Christopher, it's been great to talk to you. I really loved this. It's been so nice just to kind of dive into that whole world of you and smells again. It's been so lovely. It's almost like a smell. It's made me reminisce and be sort of nostalgic for the time we worked together in that great that great thing that we made. So thank you very, very much. My pleasure, Alan. Thank you. It, it's funny when you mentioned uh, that you're upstate, I immediately flashed. I still have a photograph of it. I remember we were just sort of like hiking around um, the, you know, the woods around your place and like going through this meadow. Yeah. And um, I think we're on our way to like this Creek with like some kind of like waterfall things on it. And, oh, yeah, the big scary waterfall, yeah. Yeah, and I remember we passed passed this sort of meadow, and there was Queen Anne's lace growing in it. And I can so vividly recall the smell of the Queen Anne's lace on that day. I can see, like, the color of the sky and the plant and the everything. And just, like, even... What where, is Queen like, Anne's lace? Queen Anne's lace is... It's a wild carrot, and it... Um, oh. it It's the one that puts out those like long very thin slightly like furry stems and then opens into this kind of like umbrella of tiny 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 little white flowers and in the very oh, center yes. there's like one dark red one oh, wow. um but it doesn't really have a perfume like flowers are supposed to but it has a very distinct sharp green crisp it's like such a marvelous smell um and it's like i i can smell it to this day crystal clear. oh i love that yeah see if it's it's been evoked by us chatting yeah and i've been like working on it, it's on my list of like okay yeah i want this in a bottle sometime um <laughs> it's date it's a little elusive um it's, it's such a delicate smell, and it, yeah. it's tricky. Like, delicate smells are, are tricky, but, like, eh, I'll keep working on it. But I still remember yeah. it. <laughs> You'll get it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. But I'm going to, as soon as I stop talking to you, I'm going to run through to my shelves and start snorting. <laughs> uh, various, remember, you don't need things. to put the bottle right up your nostril. You can. <laughs> Give it a little space. Yes, thanks, Doctor. <laughs> well, now it's time to put the uh, naked postcards of myself back on my shelves. I hope you've enjoyed this particularly fragrant, olfactory extravaganza meander down memory lane with me and Christopher. And I hope you'll join me next time on Alan Cumming Shelves. Alan Cumming Shelves is hosted by me, Alan Cumming, duh, and produced by the lovely Jack Claremont. We are part of the Acast Creator Network and the Crowd Network too. We just love networks. Another Crowd Network podcast to check out is... 
The Joe Marler Show. Joe is an England rugby player, but here's the catch. His guests are normal people doing normal jobs. He's meeting teachers, chefs, stunt women, tattoo artists, marine biologists, astronauts and soldiers. And he's asking all the questions you or I would ask. It's as simple as that. But it's also charming because everyone is interesting if you ask the right questions. Just search for The Joe Marler Show in your podcast app. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.